Hello and welcome to season three of Who You Don't See, the podcast celebrating the people behind the stars. From choreographers and songwriters to makeup artists and hairstylists, if they're part of a celebrity's team, we are all about getting to know them. I'm your host, Megan Lawton, and this season we're taking you back to the 90s and noughties, a time of low-rise jeans, bodycon dresses and huge winged eyeliner. Super excited to say this week we'll be joined by choreographer Teresa Barcello, or Tuki as she's often known. She has danced with a whole host of stars including Sean Paul, Dua Lipa and Harry Styles. That was so crazy, just you with your little megaphone just yelling at everyone to shove watermelon in Harry's mouth and like just uh, and I'm just like, oh, I'm just doing my job. There's nothing bizarre about this. <laughs> there she is talking about working with Harry on the iconic watermelon sugar video. Toogie started out as a backing dancer, wiggling alongside Sean Paul and Sean Kingston. Since then, she's moved into choreography. As well as working with artists like Dua and Harry Styles, she's also worked with Miguel and Alicia Keys, working on a whole range of things from music videos to world tours and award show performances. In our chat, we discuss her approach to choreography, an approach that saw her featured on Billboard's top 12 most iconic choreographers of the decade, as well as how she worked with Dua to own the quote-unquote lazy dance. Enjoy. All good. And can I just check how we pronounce your name as well? My birth name is Teresa Maria Barcelo, but no one Wow. <laughs> so my nickname is Chuggy. Tuggy. Yeah, Tuggy. Well, Tuggy, welcome to Who You Don't See. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. So as well as having a great nickname, Tuggy, I have to start by bigging up your Insta bio. You are a choreographer to the stars and an expert wiggler. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I really feel that wiggling, uh, defining, using, using the word wiggle uh, to sort of encapsulate what I do instead of a dancer. It really just feels feels more true and it kind of strips away the the like the technique and all of the the judgment and the this you know this is good dance and this is bad dance and it kind of uh takes itself less seriously. So that's yeah why I like to say I'm an expert wiggler. I was going to say there's a silliness to it, whereas dance can be a bit sincere, whereas to wiggle is to be silly and to have fun, surely. Yeah, and really that's, uh, for me, that's the the most important thing is uh, is to use movement as, as a means of like, loosening up letting go like processing things like moving things around not so much uh like yeah like you're saying the the silliness and and for me it's less silly and more relaxed right just yeah. like everyone can do it it's free everyone can wiggle um not everyone can dance you know according to different definitions but everyone can wiggle everyone can sort of shimmy around and uh 
uh, and it feels good to do that and it's important to do that so agreed let's take it back to the start of your career when you began wiggling professionally how did you how did you kind of fall into that world um so I've been I've been dancing uh as long as I can remember my both of my parents were uh my mother was a professional flamenco dancer and my father was like a singer actor dancer uh from you know the 1950s um in cuba and so i i just uh it's always it's always been in my in my culture in my family um i started dancing in in miami uh i mean i would say the official start of my career uh if we're defining it as like when i started getting paid to dance uh was i was like 16 and i was teaching i was teaching ballet i was teaching hip-hop i was teaching belly dance um and uh and then i started working at uh with this company that would provide entertainment for bar mitzvahs okay very niche (laughs) um so i was like the the i was the professional hype man uh (laughs) <laughs> for, for these uh, for these parties and and different events and um, I kept dancing, kept performing, kept uh, studying dance. I just was always looking for an opportunity to to dance, whether it was like go go dancing um, at like the clubs in Miami, or if there was like a music video audition or a teaching opportunity, or um, really just. I've always known that movement, uh, movement would be the the way I support myself. Uh, There's never been another option. It's always sort of been ingrained in me uh, that that's what I was going to do. So I wasn't quite sure how. I was certain that uh, if I just kept saying yes to these opportunities, they would lead me on some kind of path. Um, and they did yeah and they, and they certainly did yeah so you're doing belly dancing you're a hype man for bar mitzvahs how do you you're no longer I don't I mean I don't think you are any longer a hype man for bar mitzvahs <laughs> how did you make that segue between working with bar mitzvahs and then working with artists because you initially you're now sort of a choreographer you lead routines mostly but you also sort of supported artists backing dancers, all that kind of stuff. How did you make that first footstep into doing that? Um, the, the, I started working, I started working professionally um, for like Telemundo and Univision, these like uh, Latin TV stations in Miami. Um, and I think that was my, my gateway into sort of the industry uh, as a dancer and just observing um, the choreographers, the directors, the producers, how it all worked. And I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. This is a cool, very, uh, very different from the world I'm used to. Um, uh, I, I grew up performing in like, uh, in the theater a lot. So this aspect of taking live performance and putting it on camera was like a, was very different um and i 
always had an interest in choreographing. I mean, I remember being like 12 years old and my mom would, would uh, drag me to a friend's, a friend of hers house so they can have like cafecito and talk. And I would, I would like meet the kids that were there and I'd be like, all right, so we're going <laughs> to go in the room and we're going to make a show and we're going to go into the parents' closets and do costumes and we're going to shift the furniture around. And then when we're ready, we're going to go outside and we're going to perform for the parents. Um, so I just, uh, that was like my form of play was, uh, was, was creating, creating performance, uh, and so it was always something that I did. It was something that I studied throughout school. Um, and so when I got into the professional context, I was like, oh, I can, I can do that. That, that role over there that's getting paid way more than me, I can do that. And I think I can do a better job than that. <laughs> um, um, so I think, uh, I think I just continued, continued to to dance um, until it dance and and make myself really useful in, on in music videos and live shows and just whatever whatever performative context I was in. Um, not out of uh, you know, not like trying to climb a ladder or anything, but collaborative situation and being excited by collaboration and 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 getting to create in these really uh interesting unique uh situations i think people just started to notice that i was good at it um and so so eventually i started getting offered opportunities to assist and offered opportunities to choreograph different things and um that just i just liked doing that better i felt like i was more um in my in my like truth and in my purpose when yeah. i was leading and when i was uh yeah in a when i'm in a place of leadership i i feel like i shine because i really care about people and um unfortunately it's kind of rare to find a choreographer that doesn't do the typical militant leadership style. And I believe that people are, people are going to be the best version of themselves and give you the best energy when you're nice to them and when you care about For them sure. and when you're, and when they feel heard and seen. Um, so really, it's like especially when you're dancing, like it's even more so important to feel like happy and content and relaxed. Absolutely. Right. It sounds like common sense, but it's not, you know, it's so, so much of the industry standard for choreographers is this like, you know, ball busting, hard ass, militant, like yelling five, six, seven, eight, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's military. Yeah. And, and experiencing being a dancer in those situations i was always like this is so stressful why are we so stressed out we're dancing we're literally doing the <laughs> what is so about this 
Do you remember the first artist you kind of danced alongside or took the lead on choreographing? Uh, well, the, f the first artist that pops up in my head as sort of really significant was Sean Paul. Sean Paul a was nice. like my, one of my first music videos where I was like, oh, I think I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I think I, I think this is this is uh, pretty big and um what music video was what what song was that uh so fine I think oh yeah was, banger yeah yeah I had like short short hair had a little like pixie guy hair like a pompadour uh thing like a Mohican almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and uh Tanisha Scott was the the choreographer on that. And at that point it was pretty rare for artists to shoot in Miami. Like a music video was sort of once every, you know, once in a blue moon, once every couple of months, uh, you you were getting the opportunity to, to audition for a music video. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, it's interesting that led me, that's what led me to LA actually. Um, I, I worked with Tanisha on a couple other projects and I was backup dancing for Sean Kingston uh, and he was performing on So You Think You Can Dance. So that was the first time that I came to LA. So that was a really big game changing moment uh, because I was already sort of uninspired by by my normal in Miami, you know? I was like I don't want to I don't want to do the like sexy latina with like the boobs and the butt and the all the makeup and the you know like I was kind of tired of of uh, I was like where's what am I doing with my like fancy arts education? I'm here just like shaking my boobs around, you know. <laughs> Um, and there's no shame in shaking your tits for a little while. Yeah, no, not not shaming the boob wiggling at all. <laughs> but I was craving, uh, I was just craving a, a change and craving more. And I came to LA uh, with Sean Kingston and we were driving around and I just was like, look at all of these cacti and succulents and trees and flowers and hills. You know, I'm like used to flat. An ocean, baby. Yeah, yeah, just like flat Miami. But it was just so diverse. And also people-wise, the, you know, yeah. growing up in Miami, diversity was, uh, was like an important thing for me. I had lived in Gainesville, which is in the north of Florida, for about a semester of college. And I just couldn't do it. I was like, where's, where, where are the brown people at? Where's the, like, I just. Yeah, where's the multiculturalism? Yeah. Where's the diversity? Yeah, and, and it's not just about, you know, I need brown people around me. Just the the beauty and, and the difference of, of cultures coming together and yeah. mixing. Um, More of a fusion, yeah. Yeah, so I love that about LA. I was like, wow, there's just so much there's all different kinds of people and there's all different kinds of neighborhoods. And, um, it, it was like in that moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to come to LA. 
I don't know how. And were you ever maybe like sort of nervous because of the platform that LA gave you or nervous when it came to working with artists like Sean Paul? Like did that, I guess dancing is really fun and freeing, but ultimately it's your job and there must be some kind of pressure to it sometimes in the, in the early stages. Did you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. The, I remember the first time, you know, being on TV and, you know, having these like massive jib cameras, like swinging around and, um, you know, you're on and it's live and you only have one shot. Uh, but I guess it's no different than, you know, being, uh, you know, six years old doing a solo and you, and being like, well, here's my one shot. I get to do this. Now's the time. Um, so I think it's, I think it's, a you, you, are able to to practice being under pressure and being able to perform under pressure. And luckily, I had so many opportunities throughout my life uh, to to practice just like sitting with that energy in my body and and uh, but still not losing control over it. I see that. So then say when you are choreographing, how how does that sort of collaborative process work? I know you worked a lot with Dua over the years. So say if you like, she, she did like her record company come to you with a song, you take a listen and think, okay, I'm going to devise a routine to this. How does that work? Um, well, that that specific situation is kind of my, I would say my like big break was that situation. I had already started working with some artists. I had worked with Perfume Genius. I had worked with Tovalo. I had worked with, um, uh, I had, I had, I, I have, I'm horrible at like remembering years, but, <laughs> but um, that specific circumstance actually, Henry Schofield, which is a UK uh, director, is completely responsible for that connection. Um, I made a video with my friend Machete and Smack and our friend Rick DP'd and, and uh, operated the camera. We made this video just for fun, just because we wanted to, we wanted to make something together. And so we made that video and that video got a Vimeo staff pick and then Henry saw that video and reached and found me in LA, reached out to my agent and was like, I, I want this, I want this. He would call it a, a cut, a covenant, like a covenant of witches. He's like, I want, <laughs> I want this, like this, this sisterly witch thing that you have going on and you're from Miami. I know you live in LA, but we're shooting the video in Miami. The artist is really young. Um, uh, and I said yes to the video. I had no idea who Dua was. She hadn't really popped off yet, but I was like, flamingos, Miami. It's a yes from me. Yeah, <laughs> like I get to go make something in my hometown. Hell yeah. They first came to me and were like, Dua, does, Dua hasn't had the best experiences with choreographers and choreographers. Wow, okay. 
And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. This is why she has been brought to me. So I worked with her. It was really easy. I, I enjoy the challenge of working with a person that isn't a trained dancer. I love the, the nuance that comes out of, out of just the human body, like the untrained human body. Like almost like instinctual movement, yeah. like you put on, you put on music and how does your body naturally respond exactly. to that? Exactly, like that natural organic quality really, um, just really, really interests me and really lights me up. And so I was able to work with Dua and kind of see where she was at movement wise. And instead of trying to like push her into moving like me or um, moving like anyone else, I kind of was like, okay, I need to find movements that look good on this person that has like a lot of uh, resistance around, around movement. So where do you start then? You turn up to rehearsals, you've already listened to the song. I, oh, I listen to the song like a maniac. I like, <laughs> I really, really absorb every bit of, I, I'm a huge music lover and uh, I, I just listen to the song until I know every, every lyric, beep and bop, every so you could perform it basically oh absolutely yeah i i learned the song just so because i know that the artist is artist knows the song as well so if i want to be able to communicate uh, yeah. efficiently with an artist about their song i you know when i say oh on the third bar when the drum fill goes doom 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 they know exactly what i'm talking about and they're like oh this person knows what they're talking about and they're like, she's engaged yeah, yeah. um and then I wait until I'm with the artist, which is another sort of rare thing in my process. A lot of times people are asked to create choreography beforehand and prep and make up the moves. And I always say no to that <laughs> with a nice big smile on my face because I can make up all I want but it doesn't matter because I'm going to get there and I'm going to teach them the choreography and it's not going to look how we want it to look because I need it on my body. Yeah, and like so much of what you said is about it being authentic. So if you haven't met them and worked with them and seen how they move, then that kind of doesn't fit. That doesn't work. Exactly. It doesn't work and it just ends up being a huge waste of my time. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I really love collaboration. I love working with an artist or a person or whoever has a desire to to move their bodies and i like to sort of excavate like what what's in there like what what makes them unique what's special about them and um what's what's a quality about them that maybe they think is nothing but i'm able to see it and be like oh no that's something special like for Dua, so talk to me like yeah I was gonna say Dua give me an example of how it worked with I Dua. Mean, with Dua she's a goddess like she <laughs> she's she has this like um she has this this presence um 
and this uh, poise that I really wanted to lean into. So instead of having her do a thousand moves, you know, even when I'm choreographing like the AMAs for her or these other other shows, so many times I would just lean into her, I don't know if this is a word, but statuesqueness. Yeah, no, I see you, <laughs> statuesqueness, I see it, yeah. You know? How she holds herself. Yeah, and so there can be all this beautiful choreography happening around her, but I felt like she was really in her power when she was able to just hold her body in a beautiful shape and really sing and command that that presence and that energy and that attention uh, in a sort of effortless way. Uh, that I, feels more natural to her body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then having little accents of moves here and there um, because she's not a, uh, it's not that she can't dance. You know, I just was like, okay, I think, I think let's, uh, let's like lean on your strengths. And, and how do you get to that point? So you've got into the music studio with her. How is it you instantly kind of just saw the way she walked into a room that you were like, bam, okay, let's play with that. Or do you try out some moves? I do, I do sort of a movement assessment, uh, that, that I kind of trick people spoiler alert <laughs> yeah i kind of trick people into dancing i do a warm-up where the first thing i do is i get people breathing so i get them to shift into a calmer state i get them through their breath to relax a little bit so that's the first thing it's like let the guard down and then instead of being like here some dance moves i say all right let's walk around just gonna observe how you walk and I'm just gonna walk with you. We're just gonna walk, we're just warming up. This isn't choreography, this isn't anything, we're just walking. And then we start walking and I'm like, all right, now let's just like wiggle our fingers and our hands, warm up our wrists. So there I already start seeing how does she move her hands? What kind of connection, you know, mind-body connection exists in that part Fascinating. Of, of their body and then i'll be like okay now let's move our elbows now let's get into our shoulders and so i'll start with these just very simple mechanical like you know shoulders knees and toes <laughs> like uh anyone can circle their knees around you know and then i sort of get to the center of the body and i'm like okay can you can you shift your rib cage around? And then that's when I really start to see like, oh, okay, the the sort of level of body awareness and body control that, that people have, um, shoulder, you know, shoulder range, and then I move into the hips. So it's like the hips are sort of, for someone that has like hesitation around dancing, the hips are the last thing that you go to. Because okay. if you tell them to move their hips right away, mm -mm, they're going to be Daunting. like, oh, I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed, ah, this is weird. But I've already had you walking around in circles and figure eights and like wiggling your face around, sticking out your tongue, <laughs> taking deep breaths and wiggling your fingers and moving your spine. So I'm, I'm just sort of inviting people into exploring their bodies. Who out of everybody you've worked with has great hip movement? Who's just like, bam, got it? 
Um, I mean, the first person that pops into my head is actually Tovalo, but okay. but because I taught her, she didn't. I she didn't have like amazing hip movement. Uh, it was like what she had going on was cute, and she she already had some sauce. She already had some foundational movement in there, but through working with her uh, over the years, like every, everyone that's listening right now, go go look up a live performance of Tove and be blown away by her, the movement of her entire body really. But she's really an artist that has uh, with, uh, through through working and through practicing and through figuring it out, she's really has like such an amazing awareness of all of the movement in her hips and yeah. all the things. She's got to know her body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if we're going to do the same with Dua, which videos have you worked on that we should go and watch to like see the kind of things you've choreographed? Uh, I mean, I really love New Rules. I, that, that video is always going to have a, a special place in my heart but her tour i her first uh big like self-titled tour i got to um i got to choreograph that also i think one of my favorite performances with dua was she did electricity Ooh, the electricity video i would say was also a highlight dua moment she really at that point she had been working with me for a little bit and she was really starting to break out of her shell and really had confidence. Yeah. She was really starting to, to get confident and, and have ownership over her body. And because there is that commentary about her that when she first started dancing, people would say that she was stiff. And now people have said she, she's almost kind of ironically owned one of her sort of stiff, so to speak moves. And it's like, watch me do that now. Uh, yeah. And I love that so much because that, uh, that move, was a move that I leaned on heavily for her first tour because it was a move that she liked to do. You know, we're in the studio and with Dua was a little bit of a, you know, what about this? Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't really like that. Oh, uh, what about this? And, uh, and then I would do, do a move, show her a move and she'd be like, Ah, I, I feel like that's, uh, you know, she's like a young, cool girl. So she's like, oh, I don't know if, you know, that she's very, very opinionated about like knowing how she wants to, how she wants to move or how she doesn't want to move. And I'm kind of like a movement encyclopedia. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, there's no bias. I love all the moves. I and I will all moves are equal <laughs> all moves are equal and it and really it's not about what you do ever it's about how you do it sure you can do the stupidest you can you can do the silliest whatever uh awkward dance but if you do it with like joyful energy or if you do it just like fully not even joyful energy if you just commit and, yeah. and do the move like the way that you do it, it's it's gonna read. It's gonna read, and 
um, it, that move is a, is a prime example. It's like, I did that move with her and remember in the beginning I said, I, when I was 16, I was like teaching belly dance, right? I, I taught belly dance from like 16 to probably when I was like, I probably stopped when I was around 20. Um, but belly dance was a, uh, it's a vocabulary that's ingrained in my body from a very young age. So that's really a belly dance movement. Um, but the way Dua did it, instead of the hip going up and down in isolation, the way that you do it in belly dance, she did it with this little kind of twist and uh, I loved it. And I didn't want to correct her because that was the way that she did the move. That's you. That's you. That's how you do that move. And when you do that move and you look in the mirror, I can tell you're feeling it. And I think it's, I think it's so sad that people are so miserable that they find joy or they find the need to criticize these people uh, that are, they're just trying to be themselves, you know? And they're also really people who are checking out all this, these abusive artists. Like, you try to get on a stage in front of thousands, in front of millions watching at home. Like, I can't imagine you're going to be the best mover and groover, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, an, the, the troll situation is unfortunate. And it's, and it's really a big challenge for, for a lot of artists that I, you know, uh, that I've come across, especially the, the younger, the more sort of, uh, the easier it is to, to, to be offended and to take what people are saying to heart. Um, and I remember always, you know, telling Dua, don't even look at the comments. Like, it doesn't matter. They're intimidated by your joy, by you owning it. They're envious, They're, right? Yeah, jealousy, envy, all of those things. Really, it just is lack of self-love. So say you know her tour is coming up. How far in advance are you in the studio? What's the timeline between date night number one, date number one of the tour, and when you first get in the studio? It's always different. It's always different. I With, with Dua, when I did her tour, that we were prepping, I think maybe like a month okay not long not long these one of the reasons why i think i continue to work is because i am really good at working fast <laughs> uh so often right you think about uh you think about the stage right which is where i grew up i grew up in the theater where you rehearse something for months maybe years you know, developing this thing, looking at every detail, every nuance, every moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really diving into the why and the subtext and the, um, yeah, the 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 depths of of the work. And and then you know, you come over to the industry, and it's like. Uh, so you're not going to get any rehearsals. You're just going to show up and choreograph on the day. 
you know, I, there's so many jobs. I literally did a job last week uh, for a, a, a new artist where they were like, her schedule's too crazy. We don't have any time for rehearsal. We don't have budget for rehearsal. So you're just going to have to figure it out on the day. Um, wow, the stress for you and the stress for the artist. I mean, yes and no, right? Uh, me personally, I love improvisation. I'm a, I'm a huge improviser. Uh, and so I don't, I, I don't really get stressed about not having time to, to get ready. Um, because maybe you've had a catalog of experiences where you're like, I've never let myself down. If I have a tight deadline, I always make it. So yeah, for, you know, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I have made things happen, uh, in a blink of an eye so many times that I'm, I, uh, you know, it, yeah, I, I don't, I no longer, uh, am stressing about, about, uh, about these things. Cause really in that context, like in the music video world, it, they're going to shoot so much stuff. They're going to, all they need is moments. They're just going to need moments and, uh, same thing. I'll show up on the day. I will, uh, hopefully emanate my confidence into the artist, uh, and, and figure it out in the moment. And I have never, uh, have never had a, you know, anyone be dissatisfied with what was made. You know, it's like, they don't know the 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 audience the directors the all the you know it's like they don't know if it's choreographed or if it's an improvisational structure they don't they don't know the details of it. and they don't care as long as it looks all right exactly yeah can we talk about harry styles and watermelon sugar high and being a movement coach instructing harry on how to eat melon talk <laughs> me through that because <laughs> he eats melon in a very sexy way and i'd like to know the brief <laughs> Oh, uh, that was such a fun day. That was so... I can imagine. <laughs> uh, that was another one that there was no rehearsal. They just had me show up on the day. I effortlessly can jump into whatever world and just commit, no matter how bizarre it is. I mean, I have my theater background to thank for that. Um, but I, to this day, have people that I worked with on that set that will when I see them, they'll just be like, that was so crazy. Just you with your little megaphone, just yelling at everyone to shove watermelon in Harry's mouth. And like, just, uh, and I'm just like, oh, I'm just doing my job. There's nothing bizarre about this. Uh, <laughs> but what a great day at work. <laughs> uh, but Harry was such a, he was such a champ. He was so... Yeah, he was he was just so lovely. I don't know how many times we shot that scene of everyone shoving watermelon into his mouth. I'm pretty sure he was like really sick of watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many melons were there on set? <laughs> oh, so many melons. I've never seen so many melons in my life. It was really beautiful. Um, 
but that that was another moment where I am in the moment guiding the performance you know Bradley and Pablo the directors tell me you know it's like we wanted to feel like this kind of energy this kind of vibe and so I'm like well what about this and what about that and then we can do this and we'll sort of brainstorm ideas and I'll kind of just like uh give a list of ideas that pop up into my head in the moment and they're like yeah great let's do that and I'm like okay cool and then I'll go over to the cast and I'll be like okay so first we're gonna do this first we're going to get really tight and I'll give them sort of like a very vague description of what we're about to do and then I'll just be like but while we're doing it I'm gonna be telling you what to do so and then I just check in with everyone, make sure everyone understands, make sure they're okay with that. No one's allergic no to one's melon. Allergic, no <laughs> one's uncomfortable, you know, because that's something that I care about. I'm yeah. like, if you're not comfortable shoving watermelon in someone's mouth, then I want to honor that and give you something else to do. I'm sure most people were comfortable shoving watermelon in Harry's mouth. <laughs> they were living. They <laughs> loved it. They. It was just genuine fun. Like... It was really bizarre. It's just me yelling through my little megaphone, um, telling them what to do beat by beat and them just responding organically uh, in the moment um, to the direction. And that comes across in the video that it was fun and it felt it felt like a little bit chaotic. So watch as a video, you can tell it's not perfectly like manicured and whatever, but it's like you're at the beach, You're it's summer, you've got sexy people around. Like, yeah, that's life, right? To be like fluid and free. Totally. I'm so uh, I'm so grateful to be in these spaces and to have these opportunities. So I think also that reads, you know, that For sure. the person that's telling them to, you know, jump around and and wiggle is also jumping around and wiggling. I'm gonna be like out of the line of sight of camera. But I'm like there with you trying to give you the energy because really that's what it is, right? It's just like you mirror it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just just like the energy conductor, you know, I love that. I'm like uh, expert wiggler yeah. energy conductor. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're in situations like that, it is and you've been doing this for sort of quite a few years now. You've probably been on a whole host of I don't know, tours and music video sets. Is the bonkersness of it all lost on you or do you still sometimes think like pinch me, zoom out moment, like, wow, this is my job. I'm on a beach with Harry Styles yelling at people to wedge melon down his throat. <laughs> it is never lost on me. I have been I have been really lucky for to have a mentor that uh, really instilled a mindfulness and a gratitude practice. Uh, and so that's like at the forefront. I am so grateful to work with the people that I get to work with. I get to I get to meet these people that the entire world fantasizes about. And I get to have a really special relationship with them because we're co-creating. And ultimately, you're also a bit of the reason why people love them so much because they have these incredible music videos and because they are these ultimate performers. Like, you have a huge role in that. I I do, yeah. And I, I love that. Um, and that I, and that 
I most of the time am unknown, you know? It's, it's rare that people look up the choreographer or even know what the choreographer or the movement director does, you know? So I, I love that I get to, I'm, you know, I'm like so close to these people. I, I, I text with them all the time and I, you know, I chat with them and, um, but I don't have to deal with fame. That's why you're on Who You Don't See. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I love that. I love it. And I think one of the reasons why um, people like working with me is because I don't really get, like, starstruck. I treat everyone the same, you know. I look at people in the eyes. I genuinely care about what they have to say i genuinely care about what we're doing because people are just the like vampire energy that these artists have to deal with is so intense you know it's like, and you're there to raise them yeah people are looking at them as an opportunity oh can i get a can i get a selfie can i you know like i never ask for photos if it's any consolation i think harry would want a photo with you <laughs> <laughs> Tuki, you have been so so great to chat to thank you so much we always end the podcast on a piece of wisdom or something you've learned in your career that always springs to mind that you kind of like live by on a day-to-day -day basis definitely it's really simple but i i live by it and when i advise others I tell them this and I'm continually trying to get better and better at doing this because it's a, it's a skill that takes practice, but, uh, follow your gut. The body's wisdom is beyond our comprehension. The intelligence in our, in our cells, uh, it far, far surpasses the intelligence in our mind. And uh, you can sort of think your way into uh, taking an opportunity um, that, you know, when it comes your way, you're like, oh, a video with so-and-so. Oh, that could be really cool for my career. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, you had a weird feeling about it when you read the treatment or when the, when the label reached out to you. Then you have to honor that. You have to follow that. Thank you so, so much. I've learned so much throughout, even though that was your wisdom, your sort of nugget of wisdom. I feel like you littered them throughout the conversation. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for being curious about little old me. A big, big thanks to Tugi for chatting. If you want to keep up with her work, you can head to her Instagram at Tugisaurus. If you're still listening, I also want to say a big thanks to you. If you've enjoyed the episode, please send it on to a mate and pay us a visit next week when we'll be chatting to another behind-the-scenes guest. We'll see you then.